0: Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the show. Um, and uh, all you people out there, um, you groovy cats and kittens. <laughs> it's like, you know something that's like was when uh, uh, you know that was the uh the Tiger King. Did you see okay. that documentary?
1: No, I didn't end up watching it, but I know all about that. That was the biggest
0: thing during this whole pandemic. Everybody like watch it. watched it. It was crazy. And now the biggest thing of course is the whole the whole the whole Trump saga. And 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 his final his final show, which was on January sixth, when they stormed the Capitol, that was his
1: final show.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, I think they canceled it though. His show's been canceled. Yeah. So what do you get? You're fired. Anyway, so how you been, Jen?
1: I've been really good. Have you been, Ari?
0: I've been very good. Things are going okay. You know, we sort of muddling through this pandemic. Um, But you know, um, there's some stuff in the news we're going to cover today. Uh, uh where do you want to start
1: so the first one i wanted to pull up it's super light it's super light i don't even really want to go over it too much but it's the es- it says the esports and gambling industries in 2021 popular games and continuing trends and this is from news.uk or something right. but it's pretty much just a generic overview of the esports industry ri- industry rise just like everybody else has been talking about and i wanted to bring it up almost as like a I'm tired of people doing this all the time, but if you open it up, I can share my screen if you'd like. But okay. they have a list of all of the popular games, Right. and they list them by, by prize pool. But that doesn't matter to businesses. Unless you're an actual esports organization, you don't care how much the prize pool is. You care about how many people are watching it or anything like that. So specifically, since this is about um, esports and gambling... I was pretty surprised that they didn't list the games by, um, like, how many how much money is being put into it in the betting industry, like um, online or physical. And that's why I wanted to bring that up. I just think that whoever's making these, like, top ten lists, specifically when they're talking about gambling and esports, they need to stop doing it by prize pool. That doesn't matter to any of them
0: well i i i mean it, the question is whether or not that the the, the online gambling sites that are doing these sports now are uh, willing to uh part with that uh with that data
1: yeah because it doesn't I mean, matter we, to them and it doesn't well, matter to the betters really
0: well I, what do you mean
1: like if i'm betting on league of legends i don't care how much the prize pool is for the winner i just care who wins or um what like what's being taken and on the map and things like that.
0: Right. But, but like, what I'm saying is that there's all the, like there's a luckbox, box, all these other companies, mm-hmm. they're not, they're not releasing how many people are betting on their platforms. They're yet. not releasing it. Well, but, it wasn't obvious in that article. Yeah. You know, that's one of your, wasn't that one of your complaints?
1: Yeah. I mean, exactly. they're, they're
0: putting up the prize pools, but you know, when you're, you're yeah, saying, when you're talking, yeah, well, when you're saying, you're talking about gambling, where's the data on how many people actually bet on that game yeah, or exactly. that match uh, it, it might be too early in in, in the, in, the de- in development of eSports betting for them to even release that kind of information because mm. I can tell you for a fact that in the gambling side of things in, in the gambling world they do come out with um, monthly reports on uh, the, the, they call it the handle whatever the slot handle was mm. for that casino or and, and slot handle I think, and if there's anybody out there in the gambling world that would correct me that, um, you know, um, the slot handle is how much the casino brought in, in uh, wagers and wet and vetting. And that means on the slot machines, on the table games um, and anything that, you know, uh, that they have. Now there, there is uh, data, at least, the the dollar value data on um, how much has been bet on real sports on, on actual sports betting. Uh, And I think that's somewhere north of the billion dollar mark in the Mm -hmm. United States. So, what you're saying is you want to know what the what the dollar value is of the esports betting. Well, I don't even or, not
1: that I necessarily want to know right now, or, but or, or these how many people are, and these news outlets that are putting these ridiculous lists together only ever look at esports by like how much prize pools are for any event because they think that's where the money in esports is, and it's just not. True. Well, is that is
0: that maybe that's they think that's where the money is, or is that all they have that they can report? I don't know because the the truth of it is that. Like everything else in eSports, I don't think anybody wants to know the actual facts.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah, they just want
0: to live in their... Uh... They, want to li- they, they, they want to pump up the biggest, the biggest and the, uh, the, 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 the best information that they can put up. So by putting up these large prize pool lists of all the different various games, mm-hmm. their belief or the person writing this article's belief is that that's going to attract more investors into the eSport betting space. Oh, look at this prize pool. There must be a lot of money being bet on that. So, yeah. you know, but again, it's about it's about all investors to do their due diligence before they invest in anything. Mm-hmm. And these articles, as I say all the time, are basically put out there as fluff yeah. um, so that people can see while well, there's betting going on and hear the prize pools. Whether or not they're going to report on how many people bet on those matches or what the actual dollar amount was that was bet for those matches Mm. is, is something we don't, we're not going, they're not going to print. And the reason why they're not going to put that out there is because if it was, let's say, I don't know, Call of Duty or, or, or CSGO, let's say the numbers for CSGO are maybe, I don't know, a hundred million dollars like in the last month. So all the betting on all the CSGO matches was a hundred million dollars. Now compare that to, the actual super bowl where it was like in the billion dollar mark does anybody get, like, is that going to attract an investor and say, Hey, hmm, there was a hundred million dollars. It's not big enough numbers. It doesn't, it, it's not like it, 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 it doesn't sound, you know, an investor is going to go, well, there was a billion dollars that was bet on the, on the super bowl. I think I'm going to start investing in, I don't know, something to do with the NFL. Definitely the Super
1: Bowl, like advertisements. That's still one of the hottest things every year for advertisers.
0: Right. Well, I mean, listen. uh, There's a lot of big companies out there. Every single time they make a move, and they report on that move, their stock goes up. Mm -hmm. I watch it. Perfect example: Uh, the esports, the esports entertainment group, Uh, uh, Grant Johnson, and that that crowd every single time he just announced that they made a partnership with the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Mm-hmm, I just saw um,
0: that too, yeah. Yeah, so that that uh, you know took his stock up to about $13 last week. Now it's up at 15. Mm. I mean, 2 months ago it was at $7. Um and every single time that he reports on um what what happens um you know or they come out with a new article about them connecting with some new yeah, today it's exactly at $15. Uh, And at one point it was up uh, to $15 and 26 cents. So it's been hovering around $15 now for weeks, but like uh, earlier in the day, it was at $16 and 61 cents at 9 30 AM. It it shot up and then it dropped down like almost a dollar. It was even, even down at the lowest today at $14 and 79 cents, but that stock actually doubled since last month. And the reason why it keeps going up is because, they're making a lot of moves. One of the other things that he's doing is uh, um, working with the New Jersey legislature to, appro- to approve and make sure that esports betting is uh, is, is completely and 100% legal in New Jersey. Mm. And, you know, that's could...
1: kind of like um, put into a box, right? There's only certain things you could bet on and it's not open 100%
0: right but is anybody going to tell anybody in the new jersey legislature or are they going to look back at the summertime? and i always bring this up in 2020 when the call of duty league there was a complete obvious cheating match going on and the whole thing was was like uh you might as well had the world wrestling league out there with you know a fixed match yeah so so you know any slightest thing it's like bitcoin for example Somebody forgets their, their, their email, their, um, their login and password, or some guy loses $100 million or $10 million of Bitcoin, and the Bitcoin stock starts to go like that. Because people look at it and say, why does that have any value if, you know, in the summer of July of 2020, when no one could be in a local access network center, in a land center, okay, and you couldn't make sure that nobody was cheating, they did cheat. So why is it, why, wh- wh- how's that going to help the customer who's betting on that eSport thing so during a, solution, a pandemic? Though. Well, the, the solution is you're going to have to wait till after the pandemic. But I can tell you that the eSports Entertainment Group will shoot up as soon as they can start having live eSport tournaments. That, yeah. that, is, that is a point. So if you have some money laying around, it's probably a good investment to invest in that company because they're going to be doing he's been doing a lot of smart things. Yeah. So where are we what are we doing next?
1: Well, it's a perfect segue into our next article which is from the Esports Insider. It's this company called Geek. It's G E E I Q.
0: Mhm.
1: And they just talk about what brands need when they're picking an esports partner. And pretty much what they do is they're of course like a data company, but they help Brands identify their esports and gaming partnership strategies, right. and I just wanted to go into it because I think it's good for everybody to know. All of our listeners, um, esports obviously has been booming, and people have been throwing money into it. And in this article, they talk about how companies just kind of like slap a logo on a jersey. You and I have talked about this before, but con- and uh, they go into saying really what's important is content creation, which I think I'm always saying too. I obviously agree with that.
0: Yeah, you always bring up the hundred thieves and the and the they had a, they, they were fighting with each other and like throwing tor- tort- yeah. tortillas. Yeah, well,
1: content's super important. They just they just partnered with somebody for more content creation. I I can't remember, but they're always they're always making moves. Right. Uh, so this company called Geek. Their four avenues that they talk about for implementing brand strategy is like the games that you're picking, the tournaments that you're picking, the teams that you're pe- picking, and the people that you're choosing to um, sponsor and partner with.
0: Yeah, well, here they have these steps: entering the esports space, strategy
1: negotiations
0: yeah. content creators etc
1: partnerships and with negotiations they talk about when you're deciding on a partner it's good for brands to verify the information that they receive in the ind- in the esports industry they mentioned that pitch decks from potential esports organizations who are investing in brands are the norm so it's like not cool anymore to just like attach yourself to an esports brand because it's kind of like becoming old hat like nobody is as imp- the novelty is worn off right Um, yeah so that's why content creation and things like that are so important because that's what people want to see that's what the young audience wants to see they don't even care if they see your logo on there that's not going to make them do anything they want to feel like uh like what you're doing is a part of their lifestyle
0: you know it it, here's it's also another another point out that like um and i I, you know you could always see the positive I, i talk positively about the eeg Esports uh the esports entertainment group just two seconds ago. But in this particular section I see a little bit of an issue that they actually have to go out and make a point in an article that they're trying to give sponsors and brands um some kind of reason why they should stick with being with teams and esports teams. And honestly, in my opinion, I it's like if you gotta go that far and bend over that much. To you know, actually, and create a whole company that's going to give uh, 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 authenticity or uh, show the return on the investment by setting it up through steps, you know, and discussing this with sponsors and brands and stuff like that. I think it's almost as if you know we're not there yet. Like esports hasn't reached that point, or maybe the pandemic has knocked it down a few notches. What do you so think that? Well, because. It, before the pandemic, we had like, you know, Louis Vuitton, Toyota, Honda. Yeah, that all that was these just different, random
1: stuff.
0: Yeah, but you know what? When they put us, they slap a logo or they put something, Pepsi decides they want to sponsor a, a football game or a baseball game. They're doing it because they the numbers are there. They yeah. know that the numbers are there. They're confident enough that the guy who decided to make the deal with the New York Yankees and slapped I don't know, Coca-Cola on the back door on the back wall as a sponsor, he knows the numbers are there. He knows they're gonna get television, uh, uh they're gonna get television exposure, cable exposure, uh you know, internet exposure, um and it's gonna be constant. Is esports at that level yet? And and honestly, if they have to if, if you have an article that talks about how they have to show and convince sponsors well, I and think brands that's
1: strategy though like that's what the company is for it's like hey right, if you it, really it, want it, to get into esports this is where you actually fit and but it, but it's a
0: strat. but it, is it a strategy to teach them because there's a learning curve and they don't understand esports because i could tell you for a fact and i'm saying that as a as, as that i agree that there is a learning curve and that the strategy behind that is something that needs to be talked to sponsors because they don't understand eSports, not at all. Yeah, They're completely blind when they're going into something like this. I actually, no offense, but I did have a conversation with a company called, uh, everyone's heard of it, Gillette, Gillette Razors. And I talked to some um, people that young people, younger than yourself, Jen, who just got out of college, uh, that they put in their marketing department. And they're like, well, yeah, we're doing uh, we're, we're doing all the esports that we need. We really don't need to do more marketing and branding and esports. We have, you know, four different uh, influencers. Two of them are in South America and two of them are in America. So we've covered all our bases with esports. Now, those influencers and I watched I went and looked those influencers up. I can't remember their names now, but I did look up those influencers and they did collectively probably reach about I don't know on a consistent basis four to six million viewers maybe in a month or in two weeks or something like that okay so but I watched a bunch of their shows and not any of them really mentioned Gillette not once so do they even know what they're getting like a big I think company they don't
1: I think that's the point I think right, they don't know what they're getting. They're just, they're just having faith that it's esports and people will care without really thinking about it. So you're
0: saying that this geek company is going to show them that they're going to get. Uh, they're they're showing them a strategy so that they yeah. can. They could be accountable. That's the word I was looking for. So they can show that their brand is accountable in esports.
1: That's what it seems like. Yeah.
0: So maybe that's what we need. Maybe that's what they need.
1: I think maybe it. It sounded pretty good. That's why I wanted to bring it up. There, well, but that's, but that's but that's but
0: that but that kind of follows my other point. Is that if esports has to show big sponsors how esports is accountable, in other words, how actually choosing to put your brand within esports influencer or team or etc and having to prove that it has accountability you know that's that's yeah. that's basically saying that they don't have the confidence in the actual sport itself that they or the entertainment itself that they think they're getting the return on their investment i think
1: maybe they just like are just disconnected from it but that's a perfect <clears throat> i want to bring up the next one which is from the and it's an article that talks. About, it's called "Why Online Casinos Are Getting into Esports," yeah. and they have yeah. four reasons. And I can go through them. But of course, it says the availability of wide range betting markets. So they go on to say that there are plenty of markets for esports betting. By extension, there are also plenty of people. Some of the markets include the match winner, the draw, the correct score, the total rounds, etc. So it's saying like what you can actually bet on, which is like the score and um, total rounds and things like that. Right. Uh, Integrating these markets into existing games allows casinos to offer players more games to wager on. With more games comes better opportunities to win, so you may even be lucky to win more here than you would in some regular casino games, because mm. it's like skill-based. And it's saying that players have found it more rewarding to use an online, online casino as a bookmaker. The reason for this is that they can try out some other casino games. Also, playing online ensures that the people don't get bored of the same routine repeatedly.
0: Mm yeah well, that makes somewhat sensible, well, I guess I mean, but that's you're gonna start seeing that more and more. You're yeah. gonna start seeing uh, more eSport and more skill based games being placed on casino i it's called i gaming or internet mm-hmm. gaming um, uh, websites because uh, I think that's where where it all begins. I mean, myself included, you know, we're trying to build GameCon as a twenty-four hour, you know, three hundred and sixty, you know, sixty-five day a year event, uh, comp, um, entertainment hub online, which will house, you know, uh, games where people could play, you know, for money and stuff like that, and, and 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 introduce introduce those games that are being offered on other websites as you know filtered into our web into the GameCon site as. Um, uh, as as uh, advertising, as sponsoring, so say, hey, click this link, and you could go on this site. So oh, almost they books. call, yeah, they call they call them affiliates mm. in the iGaming world. So we would be like almost an affiliate site where you can click to another site to play, uh, you know, for money. Uh, skill-based but Mm. most everything is going to become skill-based eventually
1: yeah and they talk about the rise of online games uh obviously it has diverse game options but the players also like being anonymous as well so being online has that huge advantage of being anonymous over physical and they prefer of course the more skill-based games like we said and you're saying that's kind of popping up more and more you're going to have that on your GameCon website they talk about the increase in esports publicity and viewership saying that it's higher than ever of course the highest, most enthusiastic places being Europe, North America, and the Asia Pacific. Right. They're the most uh, gambling. They're the regions with the major gambling centers. And involvement of esports fans in betting action. So pretty much, they like that. They like the PvP. Like you're already saying too. Like they wanna, they wanna play against their friends. They wanna play a fighting game and put up some money and skill-based against their friends as well. So the PvP is super intriguing to the younger audience
0: as well well you're going to see a lot more even immersive experiences on the casino floors you know uh was it three years ago i was at the game developers conference for maybe four years ago and igt had had a a game uh i think you i think you were at the cec when I mean, you may have played it was a virtual reality game uh and it was you could shoot arrows i didn't play that uh, there was a virtual reality game though, where you were you like competed against somebody else. You shot arrows at targets to compete against somebody else.
1: Yeah, it's fun.
0: And they actually had that game on the floor at the Orleans in Las Vegas. Um, but the problem really? with it, no, the thing was that they the the, the casino did nothing to market it. Oh, uh,
1: so it was just like another thing on the floor
0: that nobody no, knew what it was. Nobody knew about it. It it was you know they they had to, they didn't get the word out. That's yeah. where that's where something like a Gamecon, uh, 24/7 site will like acknowledge, bringing in, and acknowledge it. it and saying there's this, there's stuff for you to do at a casino you know that's what that's our that's one of the reasons why we're developing the site
1: especially with this pandemic like casinos if they just start setting themselves up for the younger audience now everybody wants to go out and have fun so like atlantic city las vegas once everything opens up again if these casinos had a totally renovated floor with like really fun games for the younger audience that really engaged them they would blow their minds
0: yeah well there is a there is a um they are doing a lot. Um, actually, Bally's in Atlantic City, which is now under new ownership, mm. um, actually signed a deal with uh, a sports betting app that was just new. That Jay Moses was a um, one of the, the guy from Take Two Media that came and spoke at my event. Uh, I've got the name of it, uh, his website, uh, and his his betting site. But also, the Esports Entertainment Group was also part of that same deal. And in that deal, Bally's uh, actually um, uh, bought the sports betting site, and the uh, esports uh, entertainment group was part of that package. So they bought a, a piece of that, and now they have sports betting and esports betting. But here's the thing I'm glad they're getting esports betting at Bally's in Atlantic City, but that's just not going to attract everybody. Yeah. You know, you people. Listen, people. Especially if they
1: could do it from their phones.
0: Especially if they could do it from their phones, but not only that, it's 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 one thing you can. Okay, so congratulations, you've gotten to that point. Esports betting, wonderful. So you go and you you're there, and you go maybe go out for a drink with your friends, but you want to bet on a, a Call of Duty or, or a CS:GO event or something like that, or League of Legends or, or Overwatch, whatever. You go, and you bet. Now what? What are you doing then? You're sitting around doing nothing. Okay, what are you going to do?
1: What are you gonna do? So what's Bally's doing? that's different You're back.
0: Sorry cool. we are back but uh, but no here here's a console. Go play in a corner for nothing. Like you're not going to win any money. You're just going to do this as a as for fun. But that's not fun. I mean, you could do that at home. You
1: could do that at home.
0: And you could bet when on. I was you could local bet events, on that was
1: my hardest hurdle. Was you could do all of this at home. What's making you come here?
0: Yeah, exactly. So you need something more. But anyway, that's that's going to happen. You'll see that more and more. It will start to develop. Uh, you know, and I think after the pandemic. But you got to remember. These casinos—they've um, been actually getting checks from the government. Believe it or not.
1: Oh, that's good. Somebody has to, right? <laughs> if it's not us.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, they don't care about the actual people. they they, they put the—they keep the—they keep the companies in, in business, and so the companies lay everybody off, and then they write them checks, the government, that says, "Stay in business because we want you to be open again when the pandemic is settled, so you can hire all those people back." So that's kind of what's happening. And then once they the hire the back, they probably will start doing more esports stuff. Mm. But it's going to, it just already takes time. They were a little bit. They were it beforehand, but it, it's going to, its it takes time. That I mean, they, they don't, they move very, very slow.
1: Yeah. Very slow.
0: What so, doesn't
1: anymore? Like everybody's moving at a snail pace. Exactly. It's
0: crazy. Yep. So oh. we're, that brings us to our last uh, article about T, T, TSM.
1: Well, I just had one more. I just thought it was interesting that India, just like everybody else, wants to categorize no, um, gambling as esports and gaming.
0: Well, just, they want to categorize esports and gaming.
1: No, they want they want gambling to be called like e- yeah, categorized as esports and gaming.
0: So, so they want. So wait, they want video game competitions. They to want be to categorized.
1: be esports and gaming businesses.
0: Oh, that want to be esports and gaming businesses? Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty interesting. I don't. Uh, know, what do you? What does that mean, though? Let's take a closer look at uh, that.
1: Well, India. They were just talking about how it has such a negative, um, like, outlook. People look at it gambling super negatively in India. They said it specifically because of like gambling addiction related deaths, which um, I thought that was a little dark.
0: I don't know. But... If it's, I think it's Indian gambling. In other words, the Native American. Or no, India has a history of looking down on gambling, and gambling companies have been trying to to relabel themselves as real money gaming.
1: Yeah, this whole article has a really harsh take on it, and they talk about the laws being very gray for gambling there. And that's it. It says, eSports is different from gaming or gambling and gambling, uh, as the former is skill-based while the latter are chance based So they're saying mm. eSports is... But then what about skill-based gambling? Right. I just thought it was interesting.
0: Well, you know, there was a whole. I I, I brought this up before. I used. I I attended a big, um, uh, what you call it, uh, event at the um, consumer at the consumer protection uh, department in Washington D.C., and they had people from Europe and from England there, professors that were arguing the point that um, video gaming or loot boxes in particular was uh, was gambling. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think it is, but uh, you know, have the you know, in a lot of people, you know, when you go back to a casino, do you think now, there should
1: be different categories of gambling in that case? Because it is gambling, kind of, but it's like a lower level.
0: Well, you know, I've always said this. And it I think public. I think the publish you know, publishers all have the power, and if I always said that they should do that holy trinity thing, where they have the game available for 12, up until eighteen years old. And then beyond the eighteen years old, they have the betting platform, same game, but you can bet on it. And then they have the pro part of it, and it's for the professionals. It's all similar, but the, there's certain parts of it and certain modifications that are done to the game in those three different ways. Pub- publishers can make brilliant. a lot of money. Well, well, that's because I am brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, but they, but that's but they should eventually. Of course they will, but because that's it's it's a great way to like make more money. And and, and, because you know what, how many times are you going to come out with a, um, you know, uh, a Call of Duty 8 or a Call of Duty 9 or a Call of Duty 10? At some point, you know, making so many different slight modifications of your game are going to you're losing, you're going to lose that older crowd that's going to be like, okay, it's the same damn game you've been playing all the time. Mm -hmm. But if you take that game and you make it a gambling game, amongst their amongst their peers i think people are going to be into it
1: like halo i know a lot of people who would bet over halo
0: yeah but look at halo halo is is like it's it's in the rear view mirror back here but yeah. guess what if if you added gambling to it it would come back into your front view
1: it had a little bit of a resurgence when the master uh chief collection came out
0: yeah but you know since then it's been kind of de- and now Fortnite's also dying
1: well yeah um TSM, obviously, the um, esports org, they're exiting Fortnite saying that there's a lack of opportunity for organizations. So what they say about it is, of course, the prize money for Fortnite is increasing by $3 even this year than it was before, so it's one of the largest prize pools. Um, There's no opportunities for their brand partners or anything like that. They even said at the 2019 Fortnite World Cup, organizations were not even allowed to display their team sponsors on the players' jerseys. So if you're sponsoring these Fortnite players, if you're at an official Fortnite tournament, they don't let you have sponsors on your jerseys. Which doesn't make sense. So um, they're saying that the TSM president said that Epic Games' lack of communication, um, posting that perhaps the company simply doesn't believe in esports as more than a marketing tool for the game itself. So Mm -hmm. TSM is saying that Epic is using Fortnite esports as a marketing tool just for the game.
0: Well, why wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, why wouldn't they? Everybody's using yeah. esports as a marketing tool. Even education, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean it's a it's part of like you know, it's where it sort of attracts the the crowd. But I mean
1: But it's dying you think- it's becoming more of like um a communication hub between like young people. It's more of like a community hangout.
0: Right. Do you think that though Fortnite lost a lot of its luster because of the lawsuit with Apple? Nah not at all. No.
1: No. Yeah. Well, I think Fortnite is just. Um, I think people still play it. I think it's pretty young. I think it, the events and the fact that it's always changing keeps some people. But uh, as a competitive sport, it's kind of on the yeah. decline.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I I gotta I gotta say it's a. I I never thought it was a lot of fun. Although there is a really great game I'm playing now. It's called Diabolical, which That's is cute. a. It's a. Uh, it's an indie game. Uh, but it's in the first person shooter game it's like robots shooting each other it's a lot of fun
1: cool people
0: should check it out actually, What's you know diabolical diabolical actually you know the you know the brother of the developer you actually met him I think really remember William Harding yeah his brother John Harding is the one that created diabolical really yeah yeah wow so, that's pretty yeah. cool I'm
1: looking at it right now
0: yeah, it's a good game download it fun. Anyway, till two weeks from now, we'll see you then. Bye, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Have a good night.